We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode is brought to you by Impulse Creative's Video Marketing Masterclass. George B. Thomas built out an 11-module on-demand course on how to leverage video in your business at impulsecreative.com forward slash VFM for Video Masterclass. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Dan Moyle. And I'm Remy Beg. And uh, on today's episode, we are talking with Doug Davidoff, who is the founder and CEO of Imagine Business Development, a marketing agency and HubSpot partner like like Impulse. Uh, he's actually directly advised more than a dozen companies who have successfully sold for a combined value of more than a billion dollars. And uh, it's dude, it's it's stupid. <laughs> it's like this guy. <laughs> and and when you set this up, Remington, you were like, I want to talk to Doug. This is going to be fun. He's wicked smart. You were more than right. Um, and I love that Doug takes this no holds barred, no bullshit approach to business growth. Uh, so Remington, I want to know, you set this up, you were excited about it. What yeah. are, what did you love about this episode? What are a couple of your takeaways? So, so I really loved unpacking like the BFSC and you're getting to get to know what that is. Um, if you listen to it and it's like, this is a longer list than our typical episodes, but you have got to listen to it end to end. It's, it's incredible. The big thing, one, two of the big things, one, he talked about that if you hear the words, this is the way to do this, that it's actually a trap. Hmm. Um, there's no one way to do anything, uh, especially in sales. And then the other was obsessing about the destination and chilling about the path. Like hmm. that's a quote that I'm putting out like specifically for this and, and came straight from Doug's, Doug's mouth. But you know, he talks that that's what he lives by. But like, when you think about that from an, from a marketing strategy or a company strategy point of view, like it's gotta be incredibly clear. It was just, just an amazing episode. And I took, I took a ton of notes and I had to whittle it down to two. Uh, one of them was solve for decision versus solve for the sale. Yeah. And it was very interesting. And like, even though I'm not in sales, but I'm all about growth mode. And so that was really, that kind of hit me right between the eyes. And then the other one was speed versus velocity and how efficiency can kill your secret sauce. Yeah. It's like, Oh dude, that yes. Speed versus velocity. You got to have that vector. You got to know where you're going. Um, so kind of on the destination line. So uh, yeah, great stuff, man. I'm so excited. You, you set this up, had a great conversation. I just sat back and listened for a ton of it. <laughs> so, so listeners, I hope you do the same. Uh, here it is season two, episode 14 with Doug Davidoff. Let's set a course for growth. Doug, welcome to Wayfinding Growth. Thanks for taking time uh, during your busy schedule to chat with me and Remington, man. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be here. I I was trying to find my way to Wayfinding Growth, and I'm oh. glad I, I finally got here. How about yeah, that? Yeah. See, I got Literally. the dad jokes coming out from the from the start. From the get-go. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite. Uh, just ask my wife. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, he has puns. It's true. So, uh, so as we... As we get into this, I want to find out a little bit about you, David. Um, you have, as it were, charted your own course as you do for your clients as well as an agency guy. Um, how did you kind of get to where you are? I mean, was it like an overnight success thing for you or did you grapple with this uh, agency life and growth mindset for a long time? How did you get here? Yeah, it was an overnight success. I <laughs> toiled for about 20 years and then I woke up the next day. I went to sleep Imagine. that night and I woke up and there it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, wow. Uh, that's an interesting question. I always want to give a disclaimer that um, I'm, I'm going to leave this conversation today and I'm going to talk to my team. I'm going to say, now, guys, okay, if we can do it like half as well as I just said we do it, <laughs> then, I mean, we'll be legendary. So, um, fair point. You know, 
you know, I always get nervous because people come on here and it's, it's like, you know, you go over to your friend's house for dinner and the house is totally clean. And so your wife freaks out because your house is always messy and she thinks every house is always clean because every time you go visit, it's clean. And it's like, that's funny. So, um, with, with, with that out of the way, how, um, well, how did I get here? I don't know. Um, I, I wasn't ready for that question. How did, um, it, it's a, um, you know, I've always been obsessed about the interaction between buyer and seller. Um, and, and, and I think even before that, I've been, I've been obsessed about influence. And I, and I mean, as a kid, um, how do you win an argument with your friends? Why, why do some people seem to get what they always want and other people don't? And, um, I like, I like to refer to myself as being strategically lazy. Um, yes. And, and I like that. And, and, and so I wanted, I mean, I wanted to make sure that I was the one who got their way. Um, and, and so that just led me to begin to get obsessed about how people make decisions that me to the buy sell relationship, which was really interesting because that's how people make decisions when risk is involved. Um, and, and I was a salesperson. So, I mean, I started off, I was a sales guy. I, you know, um, and, and so it was like, how can I get more without working? Like, I, I'm not going to hustle as hard as the, the high hustle uh, sales guy. And I, I, mean, I respect them. And I know some people, I'm like, if I could work half as hard as they work, I'd be, um, I'd be on Forbes or something. But <laughs> so, so um, it started that, um, you know, that, that, that was a passion that led to sharing aspects about how to, sell better that led to me starting a company that focused on how companies could sell better um if i have time for a mission my mission is to change how the world sells um that led to becoming a hubspot partner because we started seeing um how the world was changing how lead generation um and i've always been somewhat well not so i've always been a holistic thinker um and and so it it became really clear that every time that you know, every time someone wanted to solve a sales problem, well, we had to do something with their marketing. And every time someone wanted to solve a marketing problem, we had to do something with their sales. And, um, and then from there, how, how we ended up doing what we do is um, we're really good at making mistakes really fast. Um, I have, I mean, it, it would be fair to say that I may oftentimes be wrong, but I'm rarely in doubt. And, hmm. and, but I, but I notice walls very quickly. Um, so when, when I run into a wall, it's like, oh, there's a data point. Um, if you ever remember, if you ever saw the show house, if you remember the show house where, um, he said, well, let's put them on, let, let's put the patient on this. And the doctor is just, well, 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 doctor, if, if that's not the problem house, if that's not the problem, let me give him that, um, that could kill him. And he'd go, well, we'll be able to add that to the diagnosis then to, you know, further right. narrow down. Um, and, and that's kind of how, I mean, that's kind of how we got where we are is, is we've been really focused on the destination um, and really, really flexible on the journey um, to, to figure out how to put the pieces together. Um, and then candidly about, I mean, we always did okay. And we had some years where we, you know, kicked, you know what, and other years where we were, we were kicked. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it was probably about 18, 24 months ago that, um, well, the cool thing was we started dealing with issues and, and what we were building that, that we had encountered the surprises and problems. So we weren't, we were no longer surprised by the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, um, you know, so, so we actually have a pretty good, um, as good as anything I've ever been involved in, in terms of a structure of understanding, you know, and even it's understanding like 
where there is no understanding. So you at least know where the, um, the ambiguity is. I mean, I, I think if you get rid of all the ambiguity, you just become something that you just, you're just repeating. So you're sure. going to lose a lot of the, the value creation growth opportunity, but, but yeah, so it's um, a whole lot of pinballing with a focus on, um, on where were we going? So I don't know if that answered your Looking question. Looking back, and yeah. defining the direction of going forward. That's like, that's the definition of Wayfinder right there. Absolutely. Oh, there you go. See, I mean, well, well you know, it's funny because the, the, I don't know if I've ever told you where, where and why the name of the company is Imagine. Um, so when I was a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch, I was working on a, uh, we were doing a dinner program. And one of the ways I explained what we did was I said, you know, we, you know, our job is to solve your problems before you know you have. Hmm. Um, and so I wanted to create a, um, I wanted to lead off by saying something. And so I started off with think an advisor solving your problems before you know you have something like that. Right. I'm like, yeah, that just didn't quite. And I couldn't. And then all of a sudden I said, imagine I'm like, wait, hold, whoa. And then I tested it out and I, and uh, I'll test it out right here. Think about your future. Right. All right. Now think about the experience you just had. Now imagine your future. Right. They're two distinctly Experience. different experiences, right? When you think about your future, you start today and you go to the next step, the next step, the next step, and you get weighed down by, by your barriers. Mm. When you imagine your future, you just jump right out. You, you think much bigger and then you can look backward. Then, then you think about your barriers. And I've always right. thought that it's easier to overcome your barriers from behind them than from in front of them. And that's why we're imagining. I love that. That's, That's a snippet huge. right there. That's yeah. great. Um, so I want to go back real quick before we move into some, some more stuff here, David, with you. Um, uh, what I You talk about issues, so we'll get to shipwrecks in a minute. But I heard you say something about that, that triggered for me. You talked about being a sales guy first. How critical is sales either experience or at least knowledge for those leaders who are growth-oriented? Well, I mean, it depends how you define sales. Um I mean, I'm definitely in the Daniel Pink school. Everybody's a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if you're growth oriented, you've sold. Um, you, know, you know, sales is more about decision making. And I'll give our secret. I'll give my 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 super secret away. <laughs> I talk a lot about sales process, but the truth is, if you're thinking about sales process, you're thinking about the wrong thing. What you've got to solve for is a decision process. How do people make decisions? Mm. Um, here, here's here's a here's a piece of trivia for you. Did you know the word decide and the word homicide have the same Latin root and they both mean the same thing? Um, they both mean to kill. So when you commit homicide, you kill a Homo sapien. When you decide, you kill options. <laughs> right. And and so that's why the decision process is so hard. It's actually, I mean, I could geek out with you and, and talk about the biochemical and brain response when we make decisions like what's for dinner we actually go into the same biochemical responses if our life were in danger. Um, and so it's about how people make decisions. So going back to, your, to the, the real root of your question, um, it, it, if you're growth oriented, you have to have, you have to have the experience to know what you know and know what you don't know. Mm. The, the biggest danger that I see is that um, is, is twofold. Someone got exposed to something purely in theory. And so they think they know everything. And, and so they, um, I think it was Mark Twain, at least it's attributed to him, who said, it's not what you don't know that'll hurt you. It's what you think you know that ain't so. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that I'm seeing just um, 
it's a classic mistake right now is you hire somebody from a company that did something and because the person was there and involved in it, you think that they figured out how to do it. And, and really they learned one way to do something that worked in that situation, but they didn't even understand all of the trade-offs and the bumps and, and things like that, that were involved in that. So, um, you know, you don't have to be a salesperson. You don't have to have deep sales experience. You, you do have to be an observer. You do have to understand it. Um, and, and you have to be able to ask a lot of questions. And I mean, if you ever say, well, the way to do that, and you're talking about sales, the way to do that is, um, then you don't know enough about sales and you're, you're going to run into problems because there is no one way to do it when it comes down to the end. It, it, it's really, you know, it's highly dependent on a whole variety of factors to determine what that right path is for you. That's amazing. That's good. Oh man, this is going to get deep people. There we go, man. We'll be sitting back. Hey, where's the scotch? We need to start. We need to pour some scotch here and then we can get, um, no, that's just iced tea. I'm kidding. That's, um, that's really for the scotch. No, it is good. Um, so David, I want to get into, um, I'm going to let Remington talk about this, uh, BFC BFSC idea here in a minute. But, um, another thing you mentioned was some of the issues or obstacles that you, that you, uh, went through during growth. Um, and you've already been, you know, vulnerable about it a little bit. Um, but I want to know what would you consider one of your biggest shipwrecks during your journey so far and what you learned from that? Like where did oh, it really go sideways? By, <laughs> the, 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 the biggest by far is, um, I, I don't want to say it was a hiring mistake, but it was definitely a management management mistake. Um, someone who I gave way too much to and was there much longer and than they should have been. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of a micromanager by nature in that I want to dig in and understand everything. And I think really fast. And so um, when I was young and leading sales teams that got me into a lot of pro into a lot of trouble. And so I overcompensated um, and, and I firmly, I mean, I'm both a micromanager and I firmly believe in empowerment. So I'm a walking um, <laughs> conflict. Um, and, and so what I, the, the biggest shipwreck was I mistook abdication with um, delegation. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of top performers have this problem because we believe if we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. And so we keep saying, well, well, I got to do my part. Like we're, it's, we're really good at identifying how we're contributing to the problem. And then we go, well, well, I got to fix me first before I can blame it on them, before I can say it's that. And, and, at some point it's like, well, you know what? No, they're, yeah, you're part of the problem. You're always going to be part of the problem. That's, there's always a problem at some point. That's just what is. And, and so the lesson that I got from that, um, and I, and I think this is a lesson that applies from, from the first job you take to anyone who runs their own company or whatever is you have to own your authority. Hmm. Um, and, and that means that, that, you know, you've got to make the call and, you know, the only constant, it's funny when I was, when I was, you know, the first company I owned, um, I had an assistant who was getting frustrated and she was complaining to my brother. It was a family owned business. She was complaining to my brother about, well, you know, Doug does the Bob, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And my brother said, Hey, you know what, Sarah, you might be right, but here's the only thing I can tell you. He's not going anywhere. So, 
you know, you need to decide, can you live with that or can you not live with that? But it's like, he's not going anywhere. And so, you know, the only thing that's going to be constant in your journey through life is that you're going to be there. Um, and, and so you've got to own that authority. Um, mm. And I think, um, and that means that, you know, you're going to own your mistakes and, and you're going to, you're going to make that mistake. I, I do think that um, better to make a mistake of doing something rather than, than the mistake of not doing something because you don't learn anything when you make a mistake not doing something. Sure. And, and I abdicated a cue. It probably cost us about three years. Hmm. I'd be three years further down the path. And actually it really, it, I mean, it, it, it probably cost me about three years in a really hot place. So I didn't, I, I have to, I'm going to like really seriously need scotch in a second if I talk about <laughs> that too much. But yeah, it's, it's um, figuring out that place. What, where is the difference between abdication and delegation? That's awesome. That's really good. Um, and then so on, the, on the other side of that coin, then what would be one of your more, one of your proudest moments, one of your biggest wins that you can learn from too? Oh man, I much prefer talking about my mistakes. It's so much easier. <laughs> um, That's funny. Um, you know, actually the team that we put together today, um, the people that I get to talk to and, and Lord knows we got so we have far, far, of a bigger hill to climb than, than we've climbed. But there, there are things that we are now actually doing that two years ago were still um, totally theoretical. Um, and, and, and so we've, we've increased the confidence to like, like for example, we're in, in a number of different places. I did it with my sales team first and, and I'm, beginning to roll it out to our clients is we're radically shifting how you, how and when you focus your metrics on your sales team. And, and so we're separating the scoreboard from compensation. So you still get a commission, but, but we're moving the scoreboard to much earlier in the process. Um, and, and it's leading to a radical change to how salespeople behave that, that really is addressing a lot of the areas that people talk about. Um, so, you know, that's one area, the, the, the things that my team is now doing because I, I found that balance and I continue to struggle that. And, and, uh, you know, Jess, our director of operations, I look at what she's doing today. Um, we, we have a client that um, we've gone through the entire cycle of everything. And I'm like, wait, I didn't know we had done anything. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and including, including a client problem, like Magic. where I would always get the call. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Oh, wait, you know, and, and so be, beginning to see that and, and, and going, oh, wait a second, this, um, this, this imagination thing, thing might actually, it might actually play. This thing's moving. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> That's great. Now, now, again, I mean, we got a hundred other things that, that um, of course, our house is very messy, but, but sure. But the closet's but clean. But it's a good house. <laughs> the closet's <laughs> clean. There you go. So I, I want to hear you two riff on this uh, BFSC thing. Remington talks about it. Yeah. it. Um, so I'm going to back up and let you guys talk about this for a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah. So a little background here. So um, Doug and I have known each other for a really long time. Um, we started actually. Even though you didn't like me at first. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I just didn't. Know, I didn't know you. Right. I knew of you. Um, big difference. And, uh, and, you know, in talking with him, I think it was partner day last year, we really started, we really started right. riffing. Um, and 
you know, we started, we set up a couple meetings and we had some just like open conversations about like what's going on. And, um, and I, I like Doug because he's, he's a very intellectual thinker, um, and, and talker. Um, and that's, that was like one thing that, that I really, I really liked. So, so when we started talking, he dropped this bomb on me. It's gotta be about six months ago, um, of BFSC. And, you know, I have always historically done like SWOT analysis, um, internally and externally. And, um, a lot of that stuff comes across accusatory. And I think I just brought it up as like, you know, like a recursory, like coming back and like assessing a project and he dropped this bomb on me and it's like literally changed my life. So I want people to really think about this because, because it changes your mindset and how you think about things. So, so Doug, why don't you just riff on like the introduction of why you think it's important BFSC and maybe what the heck it is. And then, and then we can start riffing a little bit further. Uh I think we should just say BFSC the whole time and like we could have a contest that someone has to figure out what, what that means. Um, you know, it, it, it's part of the whole, um, of, of the whole understanding where abdication and delegation come about and the, you know, no one knows how to do their job better than the person that's doing their job, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean they know how to do their job. Think about that. For, for a little while. And, 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 and it's that balance. Um, and, and I'm a big believer in, I'm, I'm a big believer in creating strategic tension because, um, you know, we naturally follow paths of least resistance. So where we can bring tension in, it forces us to think through things. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's nothing that drives me crazier than, um, complaining or bitching. Um, but when you say to somebody, look, um, don't bring me a problem unless you have a solution, right? That's a really common riff that we hear in, in, in small and mid-sized businesses on the management side. Um, the problem is that, that I might know a problem and I don't know the solution. And if I'm not, and if I've been told don't bring a problem, if I don't know the solution, then something goes wrong and they go, yeah, I, I kind of knew that was going wrong. And you're, well, why didn't you say anything? Well, because because I didn't have a solution. Um, and so what we started doing, we talk about it, we, we actually, it's part of our onboarding. I review it when, when somebody starts and we actually now have um, a monthly meeting and I'm not on, I actually don't attend the monthly meeting. It's run by Jess, our director of operations. Um, it, so BFSC stands for better, faster, stronger, cheaper. Um, and, and basically what we say is, look, your job, in addition to doing whatever your job is, is anything that you see that you think could help us do something better, do it faster, do it stronger, or do it less expensively. Lower, you know, get the cost out. Cheaper is an easier thing to remember, and it keeps it down to four letters. Um, <laughs> then that whether it's, whether it's your job or not, you know, whether it's directly related to you or not, you, you owe it to us to to talk about and think about, you know, and and and, and to share. Um, now, in a small business, the whirlwind what we're doing on a daily basis is so massively time consuming that that we don't have time to think about that. And, and it is something that frustrates entrepreneurs. And I, and I joke with my friends who are entrepreneurs who complain that, that their employees don't think like them. And I go, well, well, it's a good thing that they don't think like you because if they thought like you, they would start their own business and they would compete with you. Right. right. Um, and, and so there's, there, 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 there's a structure that, that we bring. And so when you start off like, like the first monthly meeting, um, our, our BFSC meeting, Anything that, that you think can 
um, you know, better, faster, stronger, cheaper. Um, well, maybe we could do this, right? I mean, it really, really soft. Not, and it's like, okay. Um, and then, you know, the second meeting, someone brings something up. And now as, as people, now we're in, now we'll have conversations about something. And well, it used to be me. It's increasingly other people bring up, well, you know what, if we did this and this, we could take four steps out of the process. It would allow us to, um, you know, we, we, we could, we could take a third of the time out and it's really all useless time anyways. It's like, Hey, who, you know, who would have thought that? Um, also when, when we bring certain ideas like documentation, right? Yep. Everybody hates documentation. It's like, it's like a salesperson with a CRM, <laughs> right? Well, we need to document our processes. Well, yeah, I mean, intellectually I get it, but I mean, it's, it's a pain in the ass and, and it's difficult and, um, and there's a little bit of that fear that, well, wait a second, if, you know, if we document everything, then, you know, do I become unnecessary, et cetera. Now, as they start, you know, like I always say, if you want a salesperson to use a CRM, you've got to show how the CRM enables them to do their job better, faster, and stronger. Um, now they go, oh, wait a second. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't, like, get checklists, right? Everyone should use a checklist. But no one uses a checklist because I'm an expert. I don't need a checklist. Well, right. Well, when you talk about it from the standpoint of, well, how much faster could you do this if you didn't have to think about everything that you needed to do? Oh, yeah, that. Um, so it, it, it both, you know, we talk about ownership mentality. It, it, it unlocks, it, it creates a structure so that you begin to think like an owner. But, and this is the key, and this is something I'm seeing across the board right now, especially with tech and everything, where people – we're in a period where people are obsessed with efficiency and speed. Mm -hmm. um, remember, I'm strategically lazy. <laughs> I am obsessed with velocity. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that there's a significant difference between speed and velocity. They're the same thing, except velocity adds vector to it, which is mm -hmm. progress, right? And so you're going to run really, really fast. Dude, I don't have the energy to hustle like you do. I'm not, I'm not willing to put in 14 hour days every day. I'm not willing to travel 237 days a year. I know some people who do and God bless them, but they are running, 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 running. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how can I do in a day what it takes you five. Like, how can I get the result in a day that it takes you five days to get? And then, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the other four days off. Um, that's a little <laughs> right. bit of an exaggeration. No, I, I mean, that's why I said it'd be on Forbes if I went ahead and just did the next four days. But so, so <laughs> we, we have a tendency without realizing it that we talk efficiency all the time. And, and in the pursuit of efficiency, we kill our secret sauce. It's like every successful business is like every successful family. They're dysfunctional in their own unique way. And when you become, when you focus on efficiency, um, you, you kill that dysfunction. You know, you, you follow the rules, but you kill what makes you special here. What we're saying is better and cheaper stronger and faster and so it, it builds that tension that where we got you know we've been brought up in this either or world that's how we got raised that's how we've been socialized and it really begins to change how people think about it um and it, it not only leads to i think a lot of I mean, i'm going to say it's innovation it's not like the innovation that you know you're not going to go out and raise you know 50 million dollars on that innovation but it's it's really the more powerful innovation it's the right. thing that we do 70 times a day how do we get better at that 
So that's what that's what that is. At least that's my rant on it, my riff on it today. I don't know if that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I like that. So I like the the and in there, like the better and the faster and kind of thinking about that way. But I have to say, like, I really love – so this is a new nugget for me. Like efficiency versus velocity is pretty is pretty powerful stuff, right? And so when we think about, you know, tying in that faster – and, you know, and that better, like we just went through like an all hands and I brought my things to it as we we're like introducing it more organizationally. But, um, but as we start thinking about this, I love that you brought in the fact that like the first, they're get, it's kind of soft in the beginning, the first couple of times mm-hmm. it's brought up, right? Because they're like testing the waters. Like if I say this, is it going to hurt? Um, but now they're getting a little bit more motivated. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So so when you talk about like things getting faster, um, can you give an example of, of something like that? And you could say no, but can you give an example of something that was a conversation piece that you guys had internally that you're like, this just has to happen faster or, or if we do this, this would make things faster. So, so if we go back a couple of years ago, I had somebody back when I um, did more things around SEO, um, yep. I had somebody who had some um, SEO experience and it would just frustrate the hell out of me because she would take 10 hours to do um, an SEO audit or, or whatever. And, sure. and I mean, she was smart and she was good and she just explained to me always, but you know, that's just, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. And, and it was becoming, it was becoming, um, it was becoming adversarial for, for, for lack of a better word. And so then I said to her, I said, you know, here's what I want, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to tell me how would you, if you only had five hours to do, to do this, how would you get me the same result in five hours? We can't do that. I said, I know, I know you can't do that, but if you only had five hours, mm. how, how could you do that? I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just, we're going to play a game here. Right. Cause, cause you just found out you could go on a, I, I asked it, you know, who's, who's your favorite um, entertainer. And, and it was, and so you're, you're about to follow um, Garth Brooks on tour for, you know, his next 20 concerts, but you only got five hours and you got to get this done. I know you can't do it, but if you could do it, by the way, that's a really it. powerful question. It yeah. works great with your kids too. And they say, I can't do it. You go, I know you can't do it, but if you could do it, what would it, what would it look like? How would it, um, and, and she actually came back and it was four hours. Mom. Um, and, and so, <laughs> and, and she actually kind of gradually said, well, you know, uh, you know, like this is still really good. We should, we should still do this, but, but we don't have to do it first. Right. That's amazing. Like, okay. Um, and, and, and so what, it, what it does. Uh, so, so we have a, we have a process um, where we build that system design. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it leads to how ultimately the technology is going to be implemented, how playbooks are going to be developed, et cetera. Um, we, at the end of every, um, at the end of every um, project that we do on that, we, we ask the question, okay, well, if we only had 80% of the time to do what we did, how would we have done it? Okay. Um, That's awesome. And, and, and by the way, we have to do it and it has to be as good. Right. And, and what, what we find is that, that we actually, um, it actually makes it better. Um, we had one time where, where, the answer was, well, I can't really get it out, but I could reduce my time 
if we hired somebody or if we had so-and-so, if we taught so-and-so how to do this, then I wouldn't have to do 100% of this part of the process. And I could be working on this while we're working on, while they're working on that, that would both allow us to get it done a little bit faster, but it would also free up more. And, oh, by the way, the person who's going to do it gets paid less than the person who was doing all of it. So it had, you know, that same, so that's how we now did it cheaper. Hmm. Um, and, and, and to, to let you know, you know, when we started the first time we did the project, um, and we were figuring it out while we were doing it. I, I probably ran 90 to 95% of it. Then we got it down um, to, I was doing 80% of it. Now I'm doing 10 to 20%. If it's a highly complex, high, um, you know, you know, bigger um, project, then, then I, I probably do about 20%, but I actually now have very, very little to do with it. And, and I spent years, um, we actually had an initiative. I didn't even create it. It was called the D Doug initiative. We had that, um, as, as an initiative, the D Doug um, initiative, the D Doug initiative. It was like, That's you know, so let, and it's like, let, well, you, you know, and, and what's funny was there, the, the attention began to be, um, use Doug as little as possible because we were too dependent on it. But that quickly created a whole mess of problems because now we didn't talk to Doug when maybe, if we had talked to Doug, we could have, like, like I, I asked somebody, why did you spend 10 hours figuring that out? You literally could have asked me. I could have given you the answer in two minutes. Right. And the person said, well, you know, Beth told me that our goal is not to, you know, that, that we shouldn't use you unless we absolutely positively have to. So I wanted to, and, and, and so it created all these things that, that were just not, um, you know, and it also created the Royal, you know, I'm too good for, which, you know, and, and this better, faster, stronger, cheaper just changes the nature of, of the conversation. Like even when we're not having a BFSC meeting, it's kind of like um, you're thinking you, know, you asking these questions, letting me, you know, it, it's become ingrained to just what our, what our thinking process is um, that we're, we, we got me out of the process, not, not because the goal was to get me out of the process, the byproduct was that I got out of the process. Right. And, and if you look at, I, I think if you look at 90% of the results we all want, the mistake that we make is we look at them as the objective rather than as the byproduct of achieving the objective. Huh. And, and, and so that's, that, that's how we begun to kind of change that, um, that mindset. That's pretty awesome. I love it. So that's a, that's an interesting that's just, that's just awesome insight into that because you might be working on one of those things, but that, that could create some dysfunction. So the combination of them is really the big picture that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. And it also plugs into someone says, well, you know, if we bought, you know, if we spent more money here, we'd be able to do it better and faster. And that would have the impact. Um, you know, and sometimes you say, Hey, you know what? That's absolutely right. That you're, you're hundred percent right. If we could do that, um, you know, and we'll put it on the board for, for when we have the resources or, you know, we have one, we have one thing right now where I've communicated to the team. You're a hundred percent right. That's how we should do it. And when we're, when we're twice as big as we are right now, then we can do that. Um, right. Until then we can't really justify doing that. And, and, and so now we, you know, the, I think the biggest problem when you're, when you're growing a business, especially a small business is that you're constantly living in two places. You're the company you want to be, but you're still the company that you're trying to stop being. And if you just stop being the company that you aren't, 
well, you haven't become the company that you are. And that's where, you know, you, you don't get traction. Right. Um, and so here it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We're still going to do things that we know are not the right thing to do. They're not the best thing to do. Um, but Hey, given that we can't do that, how can we do that in half the time? Right. How can right. we do that? You know, uh, 20% less. And it, it's amazing if you, if you throw some of those exercises out at people, um, and, and, like, like if you said, if, if we had to cut our budget in half tomorrow, how would we do everything that we're doing without, and I know we can't do it and, and you're not going to get like the goal of that exercise isn't even to get to half. And, and you say something like, we've got to cut half of our, you know, we've got to cut X. Um, ground rule is no one can be laid off. No one can be fired. That you know, makes a, it takes away the low hanging fruit and it helps people feel a little bit safer. Um, and, and so you, you know, you don't, you don't cut 50% out, but you cut 10% out. I mean, if you think about it, you know, 80% of what we do doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I know that doesn't make us feel good, but it, it really, and, and, and I don't mean to say that you could just stop doing 80% of what you do and just do 20%. Right. Cause you'd still have to do something else. And you know, there's still the something else, but it's like, if you did this or you did this and 80% of those things, it wouldn't make any difference. Right. The, the key is where where is that that crucial twenty percent that really is the difference, um, and um, like what makes Warren Buffett a genius? Warren Buffett just naturally sees that twenty percent, and that's why he makes an investment in a company that everyone goes, "Why is he doing that? That doesn't make any sense." Um, we're paying attention to the noise, right? He he's able to see, no, this is um, this is that critical inflection point. And, and so I don't think I'm ever going to be anywhere near to the point of, of a Warren Buffett. But by, by the way, any great venture investor, that's what they do. They don't I mean, we've met them. We've talked to them. They don't know anything about the products or the this. It's all they get that, you know, and you talk to them, they'll say there's like two to three things I look for. And if they have those two to three things, I almost don't even worry about anything else. Right. Um, you know. And, and, and the closer we can get to that, but by the way, it also opens up the whole, I, I, and I try to live my life this way, obsess about the destination, chill about the journey, chill about the path. Hmm. We humans get obsessed about the path and, and we get overly flexible about the destination. Right. And, and so, and that's what change, that's why change is so scary. And, and I don't think I'm unique that I deal with change. I have some higher tolerance and change because Lord knows if I think this is going to happen at two o'clock and it happens at two fifteen, I get angry. Like, no, that's not how it was supposed to be. Right. So I don't, <laughs> I don't have some special change gene. It's that if the destination hasn't changed and just the path has changed, then to me, it's not really change. Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not thinking about the path. Um, mm. Now I need people to think about the path more than I do. Right. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but that this type of conversation begins to go. Oh, well, wait a second. We we can have multiple paths, and that doesn't mean that that um, like wh what are the things that that we can't change because they're they're core to us. Um, the fewer of those things you have, the more dynamic you'll be as an organization. The more dynamic you'll be, the more you'll be able to take advantage of opportunities without. Um, without becoming 
opportunistic and, and, and I use the term opportunistic where we get transactionally opportunistic. We're, we're constantly playing for the short term, which just, you know, that, that, that just becomes a Sisyphean task. Yeah. There's so many nuggets in this. Yeah. See what I'm talking about? Yes. I'm talking about. Yes. So, so, um, so cool. So now we're going to get a little bit tactical here. So (laughs) you have these monthly with your team or they, they have it now without you for the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. Um, what kind of tools do you guys use to keep track of that? Like, is everyone keeping a tally and writing, writing in like a wiki so that it can be reviewed and talked about, or is it like, it just, they just talk about it at the end of the month. Are you doing these? Like how often are you doing these? Is, is it monthly or is it after projects? I got a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> so, so we do it. So, so, so there is a monthly BFSC meeting and, it, and it's hilarious. So we just had one Monday. I've had three conversations with Jess today and she's last. And I'm like, what, what? It's like, you know, somebody brought that up in the BFSC meeting on Monday. And, and so, um, huh. Jess logs it. I mean, so, so there, so we, we don't have a wiki per se. We, we may do that. Um, it, in its own way, what I want us to be BFSC thinkers. Yep. Right. And, and so hmm. I don't, I don't want to overly formalize it um, because it's like, you know, I talked about it being soft in the beginning the BFSC meeting can never be a meeting that anyone gets in any trouble for. If you've got the dumbest idea in the world or you have no idea whatsoever. um, It just gets recorded. Yeah. It gets, and and, you know, like that person who didn't say anything for six months. No, I got nothing. No, I got nothing. Um, All of a sudden in month seven, they bring something and it's like the, Whoa, Holy cow. That's a, (laughs) where, where did that come from? Where have you been? Um, (laughs) <laughs> right. The, that person might also be the one who just shares, shares incremental things as you go. And if you were to add that, that all up, um, you know, nobody wants to be judged. That's the, like we judge people in those meetings, you know what I mean? And, right. And everyone is afraid that they're the only person thinking this, or you're going to think this is stupid or, um, and so, I mean, it, it gets recorded. It, but what we also want to be, and I used to, I made this mistake all the time. I mean, I was the, cause remember I'm addicted to the destination. Like, right. Hey, yeah, there's a better path. Let's drop everything in. Hey, yeah, that's a better path. Let's drop. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, before you know it, we got 76 initiatives that were um, all in the middle of. I do and, that to Dan all the time. That's true. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so we, just, we, we, we did this crazy thing actually. This, and this is the first quarter that fully, totally, completely it was done. Um, so we treated ourselves like our clients uh-huh. um, and we did it internally and externally. So for our clients, we're just doing customer acquisition, customer success for us. It was everything, which is um, we, we operate on the, on the basis of what we call 90 day epics. Um, what's this 90 days about. And, and so that. Um, so, so we're focused on our 90 day initiatives our 90 day, you know, we, we, we've got our 90 day focus. So the BFSC stuff that comes, that's related to those 90 day pieces gets integrated into whatever is that we're doing. Um, what I'm finding is 
this is the funny thing about letting go is I actually have to think of it. You know, usually I just always knew um, uh-huh. when we start talking about, okay, what's our focus for our next epic? What that's where that catalog of, of, of the 90 day um, of, of, of the 90 day material comes. And, and, I, you know, and look, every BFSC meeting is not like someone has earth shattering ideas that take, you know, that increase productivity by 20% or this or that. Sure. I think it's, I think, um, and I think, I don't know, I have to, I'm going to ask this question. I, I think in some cases, like, um, I know I come up with a lot of ideas. And if I were to, if I were to be in a meeting where, where the ideas I shared in a situation were all logged, I would get really, really embarrassed because probably 90% of them wouldn't be really good after about 20. They don't marinate well, right? Yeah. 24 hours, they go bad. Sure. Um, and, and so, like, I wouldn't want a record of I know per, like I wouldn't want a record of that. And that would almost make me feel like I need to really think through it before I share it. So, so there's um, the part, the reason we still do the meeting and, and we'll always do the meeting is it, it's the sharing conversation of BFSC and, and the, this to the, that, um, and, you know, someone says this and then someone else says that. And then someone else thinks without even ever saying anything about how that relates to them and all of a sudden does something different or, or follows up differently or under, like we became aware that um, we, we need to train our, I need to train my team better on our tech stack because they, sure. it's there. They hear me talk about it all the time, but no one knows what the hell 90% of, like I got one person who who uses one of the tools, uses it regularly, and apparently in a, in a survey that came out from a BFSC conversation, said it wasn't necessary to her job. And I said, wait, are you? And and I write a check for that, right? And I'm like, wait, do we use it? She's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you think it's not necessary? She's like, no, I don't think it's not necessary. I, you know, um, but like if we didn't have it, um, I I would still be able to do my job. I'm like, oh okay, this means right. And, and so even just in that, I would never have, you know, that, so, so it, it's, it's those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do it as religiously post, um, post exercise on um, post projects as we should. We're getting right. better at that. Um, and we're also getting better. It's something I want to start doing um, as it relates to, as we finish a client epic. Um, okay. in this 90 day, you know, let's look back on the last 90 days. What, you know, um, you know, what could we do better, faster? stronger, cheaper, et cetera. So that's, that's awesome. I love how it's like ingrained in your culture. I think that it's an amazing thing. That's really great. Yeah. And you um, know, it's funny. It, you got to say something a million times. You know, they talk about repeat it, repeat it, repeat yeah, it, repeat yeah. it, repeat it. Um, and, and I think this, as you're, as you're talking about this, like the lesson that I just got is if you had asked me, is it ingrained in your culture? I'm like, no, oh, I mean, no, we're still, but now I realize in, in, in terms of like, it's not this, all this, like culture is not the, Oh, yep. There it is. It's just, um, it, yeah. it's kind of, it's just, it's interesting. It's like how you operate. So that's, that's really, that's really cool. Right, and I look for like big, like, I think you're like me, you know, where's the big flash. Yep. We got that. Yep. We, we nailed that. Right. Right. So we BFSC has become part of our culture in an invisible way. Like I didn't no 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 sign flash that said, Hey boss, we're we're thinking DFSC now, right? It actually right. I didn't even realize how much it was ingrained until we had this conversation. Awesome. Actually I, I told our team that I was that I was doing this like, oh wow, that's cool. 
you know, and because they're all, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's pretty fun. That's great. That's great. That's good stuff. Absolutely. So if, if you could be a, a wayfinder to someone, Doug, what would your biggest piece of advice be to them as they're trying to, to lay out that, that journey that may change, but, but if growth is the destination, what's your biggest piece of, piece of advice for somebody? So I, I don't think growth can be the destination. I, I think the destination has to be, um, has to be clearer than that. Um, hmm. The I'll, I'll, I'll try to be relatively quick on you. You've noticed that's not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> the, and I'm going to get though. really intellectual. I'm going to get really intellectual for you in a second. So, um, cause I've been, I've been obsessed this year about two things about um, poker and, and percentages um, and the brain. Um, and, and there's this really powerful chemical that gets released called dopamine. Yep. Um, that's like insanely addictive and, and mm-hmm. half the stuff we do that's stupid is because of dopamine and half the stuff we do that's brilliant <laughs> is because of dopamine. Dopamine <laughs> is actually released in anticipation of it's why achieving the goal is never as fun as actually pursuing the goal because the dopamine is actually released in the pursuit of it's the anticipation that causes huh. dopamine to be released. Not, not the achievement. Um, I learned that when I'm ambiguous, my, my team can't get their dopamine release. And so they're all pain with no joy. And I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit because like growing is painful. That's why we call it growing pains. Right. Right. Um, and, and so the, we, especially if you're like, if you're the entrepreneur or the leader, I've learned this working with companies too. I know what our vision is. Sure. I'm always clear on what our vision is. I, I just actually had a conversation with my um, with, with with a client of mine. I said, "Hey, hey, Donna, I got to tell you right now, I am confused about what we're doing and what the next step is." And the net of it was, I wasn't confused. Nothing had changed. There was a whole lot of noise around this, and he's like, "Oh no, no, Doug, I just, I mean, I, I let him say that because you know he needs to be able to say his piece, etc." But now that nothing has changed, and I realized. You know, most people don't have the guts to ask that question. They don't, my team, and I think this is true of most people, they don't come up and they ask me that. Um, and so now they get confused, right? Mm. And I get angry because I'm, what, what do you mean? Nothing has changed. I would tell you if something had changed. <laughs> well, it, it sounded right. And, and so Interesting. Um, what, what does growth mean? Um, and, that, and that's why we've gone to, so, like, so we have our big vision goal, which, I mean, that can be however long you want it to be. What, what does that mean in a measurable time period? In a, in a, and we chose 90 days because we think 90 days is long enough for something meaningful to happen, um, long enough for, for a change to mean something, um, but short enough that if you're doing the wrong thing, that, that you're Figure not, it out. you know, stuck, yep. you know, doing, and, and, and so you, and, and, and so we get those, um, those releases. And then, and then to, to answer your question, Dan, the, the biggest thing that I got from this, and let me tell you, man, I fought this for 30 years. And I'm still fighting it, but I finally accepted it. Um, <laughs> less is more. Hmm. Less is more. Um, and, and better to have what is the focus, one thing, and, and we haven't gotten to one thing. But, but it would be better to have one thing. Sure. Um, than, than to have seven things. And so if you can figure out, you know, 
So we are doing more, and this is where BFSC comes to, we're doing more and more of what's the one thing that if we improve there, it would have the biggest byproduct. Other things would naturally get better. What, what I have found is as we have gotten better at narrowing down and, and eliminating that ambiguity, um, we actually get more done. And what I mean by that is we actually do accomplish more initiatives because we only talked about three, because in pursuing those three and, and having that clarity, the whirlwind became a little less of a fight. People had a little bit more agency, um, a little bit more freedom to act. They didn't have to balance as many things. And, um, and it, it allowed that, 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 that creativity to spring. So um, less is more gro- growth is I'm actually the tomorrow in my presentation, I've got a less is more slide. Um, the, you know, I, I meet with a client and they say, and I say, well, what's, what's your objective? They said, well, we want to grow. I said, well, how much you want to grow as much as possible. Right. Well, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Right. Um, because I mean, the other thing too, is I, if I don't know what the growth is and if I don't know what the growth means, then, then as a player on your team, I don't know if I want to die on that hill with you. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the game is. Right. Yeah. How many points do I need to score to win? Is this, are we playing golf where I want to have fewer? Are we playing basketball where I want to have more? I, I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but the more you can, um, the more you can focus on, on what is the destination and then the I mean, growth is a byproduct. Profit is a byproduct. Gotcha. Mm. Um, and, 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 and it's, it's funny. I met my wife the week after I gave up meeting somebody. Right. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm traveling too much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there, oh, there she is. Right. And I mean, yep. how many times do we see that? You know, if, if you're on the phone as a salesperson and you're thinking sale, 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 you're not going to get anything. But when you're letting go, when's the best time to make a sale right after you close one? Cause you're like, cause you're excited. Hey, whatever. I don't care what you right? And so the more <laughs> you let, you know, the more you let that happen, mm. um, the more it can be clear for everybody. And then, like as a leader and especially as an entrepreneur, I made the mistake of trying to find the why of growth. That was my why. Right. Um, T.S. Eliot was a banker and, and the person he got, his boss tried to convince him that he could be a great banker. You know why T.S. Eliot was a banker? Cause he wanted a job that would pay the bills that would enable him to write poetry. Every right. And I bet you that T.S. Eliot probably would have been a banker longer than he had been if instead of his boss telling T.S. Eliot his boss's why, he figured out, hey, you know, the more you do this, the more time you can have to write poetry. So right. I know I've got people that want to be part of my, the growth journey that I'm on for their why. I've got mine. Um, and I think the more each, each person can be involved, I actually think this applies to customers as well. If the destination is clear, we can all attribute and be motivated by our whys. We spend too much time. I know I spent too much time trying to get you to understand that my why. If you're not, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not, um, if if you're not doing something different than like all the those are the things that got me jacked. But right, but they don't get, they don't get the head. You know, you know, you you, you guys go them. So that that would be my um, interesting. Was that tactical enough? Did that get you? you that think? was great. I think yeah. you had like 12 of them, but you know, yeah. okay, but you're go. Doug Davidoff. There you go. <laughs>
If no. I just say it without breathing, then I find that people let me just keep talking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Until you just. That's true. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much. Awesome, Doug. Man, this has been great. This uh, we've got so much to unpack on this, and uh, yeah, I think I think listeners will get a lot out of this. Man, thanks for making time today on this. It was fun. Absolutely. Well, good luck in your presentation tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. We'll put some links in the show notes to uh, Imagine Business Development and to Doug so to your social and everything. So, yeah, man, have fun. I will. You guys too. All right, man. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend. Give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.